So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Rockstar Nation, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to stay to the end, where our guests will be offering a free gift. As you know, all of our guests offer a free gift, and all of these gifts can be found on the Agent Success Toolbox. You could find that by going to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply texting the word toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. I am going to put today's free gift in today's show notes, but if you want all of them, including gifts from most of our guests that have come on the show, just go to the Agent Success Toolbox. All right, Rockstar Nation, I got a great a guest, a friend of mine, Mr. Phil Capron is on the line, and Phil has written a new book about something that's very important, and there's a reason that we're putting this episode out today, because it is Veterans Day, and in honor of our veterans, I found Phil, who wrote this awesome book called Your VA Loan and How It Can Make You a Millionaire, and we're going to go into deep today on veterans, the VA loan process, what's happening, what needs to happen, how agents need to perceive this, and how, quite frankly, how agents can help every single veteran buyer that they come across. So I'm excited about this. Mr. Phil, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Pat, thanks. thank you so, so much for having me, brother. Glad to be here with you. Happy Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day. Thank you very much. So why don't you kind of give everybody a little rundown on who you are so they can get to know you better. Absolutely. Yeah, my name is Phil Capron, um, Navy veteran. I actually uh, was in the, the Naval Special Warfare community within the United States Navy as a Naval Special Warfare combatant craft crewman or SWIC. Our job is to take the SEALs and other special ops forces to and from their missions on small, fast boats. We jump out of planes, we shoot big guns. And, you know, it's a pretty, pretty interesting way to spend a few years of my life. But um, once I separated from the service, I found real estate and, uh, you know, I've been loving it ever since. So basically when the SEALs had a job to do, right, an assignment, they called on Phil to, to, uh, to drive the boat, essentially what happened, right, in a, in, in a stealth situation. Right. So anything maritime special ops there's a good chance that we're, in, we're involved there. There was um, a mission that made the news a couple of years ago that was basically the taking down of a, an oil tanker in the Mediterranean. And that was, the, you know, the, the SEAL teams and my guys and made, made the news so I can you know, say that. What do you mean the taking down of an oil tanker? Okay, right. So the oil tanker was hijacked or, or whatever. So they- By Somali pirates? by somebody that wasn't supposed to be on there. I, I, I don't remember the exact details, but basically they would drop in our forces and base and go and stealthily approach the ship, load the seals onto the ship and then uh, re recapture the ship, reclaim the ship. 
So, and then the yeah, I've read a couple of those were Somalis, you know, Somali pirates. And then there was that movie that came out with Tom Hanks. Yeah. The Captain Uh, Phillips thing. That was right. Yeah. That was Navy SEALs too. Right. And then Naval Special Warfare. Right. And they had to, they had, they had to sharpshoot those guys with high powered rifles from far while the boat was going up and down, up and down, up and down. So they would be hanging out in like your little boat. Your boat was going up and down. Their boat was going up and down. They had to kill all of them with one shot and, yeah. and, and leave Captain Phillips alive. Pretty crazy, right? This, this, this stuff our guys do out there. Yeah, amazing. So you're the boat driver. So you were in and out and all this. That's pretty cool. That was a, that was a pretty cool gig. So I actually wasn't the driver because I was the, the junior guy. I got to man uh, the communications and the, the navigation systems, making sure that we were going where we are supposed to be talking to our assets in the air, talking to, um, you know, back to, to headquarters and within our elements. Um, and then also was the, the bow gunner. So a 50 caliber machine gun on the front of the boat, if, uh, if needed, if, if discovered, that would be my thing. But, um, you know, my military career was left a little bit to be desired. And, and I go over that in the book, didn't get to deploy downrange or, you know, do anything cool, but sure to get to work with some heroes. And, and like I said, just proud to be a part of it for a few years and, and, uh, you know, rub shoulders with those guys. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, I'm sure. That's pretty awesome, dude. Well, thank you for your service. Absolutely. So I did that for a few years. And, uh, when I was in stationed in Norfolk, Virginia, I bought my first home utilizing my VA loan. And, you know, instinctively, I always, I think I understood that real estate was a good idea. But when I arrived in Norfolk and rented an apartment with a couple buddies from my training class and started shopping for homes, you know, there was this, this key decision point. Do I get sort of like the luxury condo right at the beach for around a quarter million bucks? It would get me like a 2-1 or a 2-2 in proximity to the ocean. Or do I go on the other side of base into Norfolk, not Virginia Beach, so school's not as good, value's not as high, where I could afford a four-bedroom, three-and-a-half bath that was a couple blocks from the Chesapeake Bay. So, you know, I, I looked through my options, and I ended up going with the four, three-and-a-half, not because I thought it was a better investment, but because I didn't want to put either one of my roommates out. So... What do you mean you didn't? Oh, oh, because you from my apartment, you, right? My train from your apartment, you yeah, wanted yeah, to yeah. you wanted to continue to keep your roommates, right? Okay, right. So keep going. To, I didn't want to put anyone out, so so we moved in, and and all of a sudden it hit me like a ton of bricks. The light bulb went off. I had Steve paying eight hundred bucks a month. I had Alex paying six hundred bucks a month, and I had John paying six hundred bucks a month, and my mortgage was thirteen fifty. Holy yeah. dirt. Wait a minute. So right. 800, 600, and 600. 600. So two grand. Two grand. So let's call it four. Plus you get the tax break. So you really, once tax you take break. your tax break, because you live there, you know, you knock that at least 400 bucks, right? So you're looking at nine, you're looking at basically doubling your money, you know, basically making a thousand bucks a month. Exactly. Profit. So, you know, so I did the right thing and took all that money and reinvest in real estate. No, I didn't. I partied a lot. <laughs> but from learning where I went a little bit of foul, I'm through my book, Your VA Loan and How It Can Make You a Millionaire. I'm trying to show as many of my brothers and sisters as possible while they're on active duty or even after they separate, how the amazing power of the VA loan can help them achieve financial freedom. 
So talk. So let's talk a little bit about that. Like, like, okay. So, what were the benefits of you using the VA loan on this house that you bought? Well, I think everyone compared to another loan, right? Right. Let's just break it down because you've saved money in other places uh, that essentially adds up the profit and extra equity uh, in addition to making a thousand bucks a month. Right. So I think most of Rockstar Nation is going to know this because you've got a very smart audience of, you know, top real estate agents. But the VA loan is, you know, the Cadillac of lending products for the buyer because it's a 0% down option. Right. And as if that wasn't good enough, you have no PMI. Because essentially what the Department of Veterans Affairs is doing for the veteran, for the service member, is guaranteeing about a quarter of that loan that if things go bad, they're going to step in and insure the lender. So then the third benefit there is rates tend to be a little bit lower than conventional or FHA, even with a 20% down or with MI, because they know that they're getting their money immediately. Yeah. So the, so the mortgage company like almost sees that 24, 25% right guarantee from, from the VA as a down payment. It's like they, they look at you in the eyes of, hey, this dude's putting 25% down when he's actually putting zero down. It's just an insurance for the, for the first 25%. And then, uh, you know, no PMI, that, that helped you get, basically that brought your payment down to 1350 so you can make more money. Yeah, it probably would have been if, as I, I might not get it quite right because it's been a couple of years. I think the MI, if I would have gone FHA, was about 150 a month. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, it's significant over yeah, it's the almost two grand. Yeah. Very significant. A year. So, zero down, no PMI and generally slightly better rates. And I guess a, a fourth, but I don't really like to talk about this because I'm not trying to encourage another 2008 here. Um, but the lending requirements tend to be a little bit more lenient for um, VA as well versus other products. Wow. Okay. All right, cool. So let's break this down like a third grader can understand. How, you know, how do you take that first house and become a millionaire? Right. And, and into the second one or whatever you end up doing. What's the process? So what the book describes is it gives a lot of tools for the toolbox. And I'm not necessarily recommending a particular course of action. I'm simply showing what I've done and what others like me have done to achieve financial freedom. And without the VA loan, which is the first step, which sort of proved concept to me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, be there. I wouldn't have been able to do what I've done. So if we're taking it in a vacuum, let's say you're 18 years old, right out of high school, you join the service, you spend three or four years attaining a a low rank, you know, enlisted um, four or five, E4, E5, to the point that uh, the command's going to let you move off base and receive what's called basic allowance for housing which is going to be, depending on your duty station, your county, it's going to be a slightly different amount. So you can look that up on the VA's website. Um, But once you you have that, the VA and the lender will take that into consideration with your income and it'll help you buy a house. So what I'm saying you can do is buy something that's relatively modest. If you split, you know, housing into four quartiles, you want to probably be in the second quartile between 25th and 50th percent of housing, something that is, you know, affordable, recession resistant, and you always are going to have a renter. You want something that when you move in, um, and this is part of the, you know, the property selection and market selection process, when you buy it, 
if you had to move out and deploy the next day, you want to know that it's going to rent for at least your mortgage and expenses, ideally a little bit of spread on top of that. So you do that at 21, 22, then you transfer the next duty station. And with the cash flow from the first property that's been, that's being rented out, maybe you go FHA on the second one. And by the time you're to your third duty station, 12, 13 years down the road from your first purchase, your initial property has accumulated enough equity through amortization alone to have your 20% equity position. Hopefully we've got a little appreciation in there as well. Hopefully you bought it right, um, you know, through proper marketing and property analysis. And you can either refinance that into a conventional product to free up your VA again, or you can utilize what's called a second tier VA entitlement. And that's a little bit complicated. You're, you can have two VA loans at the same time, but you can only use your second one once. So you have to kind of pick and choose where you're going to use it. And there's actually um, some changes going on with the VA loan entitlement cap going on that should take effect January 20th. So stand by for some updates on that. But well, wait a minute. Okay. So let's, yeah. let, let's just recap this, right? So you, you buy your first house, VA loan, no money down, whatever. Then you, you, you know, you rented out the roommates just like you did. Then next thing you know, you get transferred or, or what, what do you call that? In, uh, it's a permanent change of station. Is permanent change of station. Okay, so you get a permanent change of station to another city, another state, most likely, right? Uh, three or four years down the road, maybe five. Boom, you get an FHA loan. Then you live there five years. You get a permanent change of station to another city, another state. You say, hmm, now my first VA loan has equity in it. I'm going to go ahead and do a refi. Right, I'm gonna take you know clean out my my VA eligibility. Then I'm gonna use it again in this third place. Right, so now you own three houses in three different cities and states. Right, and you're re- you're renting out the first two. Correct, and that's that's one option. In the book, we go over a few different options. You know, if you're taking the cash flow, FHA is, is great because it's low down payment, or you could do a conventional yeah. on your next one, or maybe. The next duty station you get to is just it's the numbers aren't going to work to buy. So maybe you're taking all the cash flow that you've accumulated and you're putting it into something like a multifamily property syndication or, mm. um, you know, maybe your Airbnb being the first one. There's a lot you can do. You There's can hopefully you, cool. you've got some equity and you're saying you could sell them. You could you could buy in an area that you like or where where you think you may end up. Tribeofmillionaires.com. Guys, write that down. Rockstar Nation got a free special offer for you. Now, I've just written a book, and it's just been published. Co-authored it with David Osborne, who's been on this show multiple times. If you don't know David, he is one of the top execs at Keller Williams Real Estate. Was personally mentored for the last two decades by Gary Keller himself. And he's in all kinds of businesses. His bio and explanation and, and everything is in this book. But anyways, David and I got together. We decided to write a book. We called it Tribe of Millionaires. And I guarantee you, it's going to change your life. To find out more, just go to tribeofmillionaires.com. We're going to give it to you absolutely free. Only thing we ask in return is, of course, number one, you pay the shipping. Not a big deal. But number two, that you go on Amazon and write us a review. We're really looking 
to get an incredible amount of reviews. And because of that, we're giving this book away for free. Go to tribeofmillionaires.com today. Okay, so talk to me about January 1st. What, what's, what do you think is going to happen on January 1st with the eligibility and the benefits to a veteran? So what the House has just passed is basically your eligibility is capped based on the county that you live in under the present rule. And you can get a VA loan for whatever you want. Let's say a million bucks that mm-hmm. you're going to buy a house for because you're a high income earner. You've been out for a little while. You can do that. But the, the VA is only going to guarantee up to the county limit. So let's just call it 500000 for really easy math. So they're going to guarantee 500000 of it with no down payment. You can then, uh, you can still get the, the loan on the home for a million, but you have to come up with 25% of the difference between your eligibility and, which is the county limit, and the purchase price. So 25% of 500000 is a buck twenty-five. So you'd be coming to the table with, 125,000 as a down payment versus if it was a conventional loan, 20% down would be uh, 200. So you're saving a little bit there. And again, the rate should be a little bit better. So it can make sense. But what the house has passed is that um, they're saying if a lender is willing to lend, that the county limits are going to go away. So I'm not positive whether that's all the way through the Senate and ratified but that is the rumor as to what's coming down the pipe, that if you can qualify for the loan and the lender wants to give it to you, that the VA will, will go up to the, the full amount. Hmm, that's interesting. And that could be really yeah. powerful for the you know, people. I mean, but do you, you think the lenders are going to take that risk? Or, I, mean, I mean, how many of them do you think will have the forethought to break process, right? Because it's probably easier for them to just stick with the, you know, stick with what's standard. If the VA is still willing to guarantee the 25%, I think there's going to be a few that break out and really take advantage. But this is probably a relative minority of folks that... Yeah, and, the, and they'll get around like which lenders will do it if, if most of them won't. Pretty, pretty quickly. Because so, you could certainly be a, a, a veteran that's doing well nowadays, right? Like having a side hustle and, and you know, many, many things you could be, that could be going on that would make them qualify for more than the average veteran, so to speak, right? Right. So, so that's kind of a, that's a case that's a little unique. One that's probably more common. Let's say that we buy our first house, we PCS, permanent change station, we buy something else, and then we go back to that original station. Instead of buying a third house, mm-hmm. maybe we move back into the original. Now that we are owner occupying it again. And another thing about the VA loan is you must intend to owner occupy it in order to receive a VA loan. Right. Yep. That's a given, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. If you check out blogs, some people like, Oh, you can just say you're going to move in. Yeah. That's loan fraud. So you probably don't want to play that game. You never want to do that in any type of, yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. They could come back and then you'd have to pay the whole thing off (laughs) or sell it. You know, if you can't refi it be a disaster. Yeah. Don't even want to know what, what the eventualities would be of that situation. So just don't do it guys. But let's say that we move back into our original house, you know, eight years later and through amortization and a little bit of a, you know, a decent economy, we have some equity in there. If we're the owner occupant, we can cash out with the VA loan. 
we can cast a new loan at 100% of the new appraised value. So in the case of my property in Norfolk, I bought it for 250 in 2010. And now in 2019, I owe 215,000 on it. Mm-hmm. So I could move back in there and I'm actually entertaining the idea of doing this. Right Wait a minute, you bought it for what? 250. 250, okay. All right. And now the balance is 215. Because you've paid it down over nine years. Down so he put zero years. down, yep. but nine years, you pay down yep. principal. Yep. If I were to move back into that home and reestablish it as my primary residence, the yes. current appraised value is around 325. Sweet. So I could cast a new VA loan and take the difference between 215 and 325 minus a couple bucks for lender fees. Take it and buy another piece of rental real estate. Right. Buy a boat, buy whatever the hell you want, right? <laughs> I'm glad that you brought that up because <laughs> the chapter on that says, hey, if you're doing this, don't buy the Charger, the Mustang, the boat, the Harley. If you're going to take it, take a loan at you know three and a half, four percent and you're going to deploy it into something else, whether it's a duplex, a quadruplex, a multifamily syndication. If you play the stock market and that's your thing, you know, something into that. If you think that, that truly there's going to be enough of a spread between what you're borrowing and what you're making, because when you're being loaned money, that's tax-free money. And, and ultimately that's how the VA loan can make you a millionaire over the course of a, a military career. If you strategically either owner occupy or cash out refi the equity in a couple of properties towards the end of your, the end of your service, just through the amortization and regular market cycles, you're going to have a fair amount of money. And there's very, you know, different charts in the books that after a goal setting exercise says, based on where you would like to be by the time you finish up with service, this is how much you need to figure out how to acquire and when. And, you know, the great thing that we all know about real estate versus stocks is we do have some degree of control here. You know, the market's going to do what it's going to do on the macro side of things, you know, slower up and slower down than stocks. And we can influence, we can force appreciation through improvements, through difference of uses. I've got a lot of friends that are killing it in the Airbnb space with properties that they purchase with the VA loan and maybe they're deployed and they're having someone manage the Airbnb while they're in Africa or Afghanistan, you know? So there's, there's a lot of different ways that we can, we can be really creative here and use this zero down 100% leverage option to create something when otherwise, if you just looked at our income at 20, 21 years old, you'd be like, Oh, you can't do anything. You know? Right. Right. Absolutely. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a great way to get started. So let's talk about agents, real estate agents and the VA loan. You know, I know a lot of agents who, and lenders for this matter, right? It's really lenders and and agents because a lot of agents nowadays, they don't take the time to learn too much about mortgages and then they just rely on their lender to carry the ball with that. And one or the other, the agent or the lender ends up saying, well, we got better options or you may want to do this. Of course, VA loans have been known in the past to underappraise, right? Uh, which again is, you know, good or bad, depending on who you are. If you're an agent, you don't want your deal to fall through because of an underappraisal. But at the same time, you know, if a house is overpriced, uh, which many might be, it's a benefit for the veteran, right? It's protecting the veteran from not getting screwed 
because chances are they are going to have to leave in a couple of years. So they make sure that they don't overpay. But then the realtor looking out for themselves kind of says, nah, you know, may, maybe, you know, maybe you should try FHA. It's, it's easier. It'll be easier for me to get your offer accepted. And the lender may even say that. So talk to me about this. Talk to me about your frustration with this. What, how, what, what, what is the right thing to do here? Uh, there's so much to unpack in there across the industry. So when I, you know, left the Navy, I rolled right into real estate. I'd taken an agent course when I was in on some random training trip. I was bored and I just bought my house. Like, this is cool. Real, real estate's great. I'm going to be an agent, you know? So, um, so I've definitely, I've seen a lot of VA loans, transacted a lot of VA loans for um, clients, listed and sold a lot of properties for my buddies. So I've seen a few different sides of this. And then also as a flipper, you know, near large military installations, a lot of my properties went to folks utilizing VA loans. So from the lending perspective, there's a lot of advertising out there. People try to insinuate that they're the only one that can give you a VA loan or, you know, we are the VA, which is not true. The lender is the lender. The VA is guaranteeing this particular loan product. They are not the same. So an area in which I think veterans do even worse than they do on the real estate purchase side sometimes is in shopping their loan. People don't realize it, or maybe it's just a case that they don't understand it, but you know, there are massive swings that can be won or lost in negotiating a loan. So don't just go with the, you know, the, your community bank. Really? So like, so talk to me about this. So you're saying a VA loan is not a state because I always figured like VA and FHA, it is what it is, right? So you're saying no, you know, one lender could be like, hey, I'm quoting VA at, you know, four and a half, two points or whatever. And the other lender could be, hey, I'm quoting it at four and a half, zero points or whatever. Exactly. So to dig into the lender's term sheets is very important and having a real estate agent that can break it down for you is invaluable. So as a real estate agent, that's something that you can sharpen your pencil on a little bit that adds massive value, not only to veterans, but to any homeowner that- Give us some quick advice on how to do that. That is beyond the scope of, of my expertise. Um, yeah. Well, just shop it around, basically. I mean, it's the easiest it thing to say. Don't assume that all VA loans are marketed the same for the same price. Right. I mean, you, we can go into it a little bit, but you know, is I would I would rather defer to a, a lender on on this yeah, question. Yeah. But four and a half percent, maybe that's not the end of the story. Maybe there's three discount points baked in there. Maybe there. I mean, there's there's all sorts of things lender can do. Uh, on a on a settlement statement that can make it more advantageous to them or, or let them win the deal and then there's a bunch of junk fees associated with it that bakes out to the same price do the math it's worth every single dollar this is a quote from mr bill reek who took my certified listing agent program he says looking to take your listing presentation to the next level listen i've closed a hundred percent of the appointments since I took Pat Hyben's certified listing agent. Five appointments, five new clients in 60 days. Do the math, it's worth every single dollar. Now you can get the certified listing agent course. You can get the certified buyer agent course, which tells you how to close every single buyer that calls in if you want them. 
You get the certified team agent course, which teaches you how to build a dynamite team like Jeff Cohn, who teaches the course. It's like a 10-hour course from Omaha, Nebraska, Berkshire Hathaway's top agent, and seven other courses. Total of 11 courses, all five-star rated, only 97 bucks a month. If you paid for them individually on the website, they would cost over $10,000. And we are running a special now at futureofrealestatetraining.com where you can get them for $97 a month. That's all you can eat, $97 a month, all these courses. That's futureofrealestatetraining.com, futureofrealestatetraining.com. Check it out. Rockstar Nation, it is time to finish the year strong. The year is almost over, and it's time to sprint. You know, in my real estate career, I always doubled down at the end of the year because all of the other agents were not working during November and December, so I took full advantage. This is a great time to leverage yourself and hire a virtual assistant. I'm talking about my Outdesk. If you haven't heard of my Outdesk, basically they are a virtual assistant company, a VA company that specializes in virtual assistants for real estate agents. Yeah, I'm talking about transaction coordinators, marketing assistants. I'm talking about ISAs, inside sales agents that prospect thousands and thousands of seller leads and buyer lead follow-ups. I mean, these guys are trained in this stuff specifically. You're not using a company that doesn't know or understand real estate sales. Four out of five of the top teams in the U.S. use my Outdesk for their virtual assistants. And because I know the owner, Daniel Ramsey, I've known him for over a decade, and I know how awesome and incredible this company is and how it saves agents thousands and thousands of dollars every single week and makes them thousands and thousands of more every single week. We're going to give you a $400 coupon off of your first month of a virtual assistant and give you access and give you a free book entitled Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. So you can like read it and look into it before you decide anything. It's called Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. And you can get it real easy. All you got to do is text the word HIBAN, H-I-B-A-N, to 31996. That's H-I-B-A-N to 31996. And download your free book, Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. And don't forget to mention also that you get a $400 discount, which will give you a coupon for that when you download the book. Thank you, guys. And I hope you enjoy and make a ton of money using my Outdesk. Should a veteran be suspicious of a real estate agent and, and or lender? Should they, you know, should they question the advice that an agent may give them? They shouldn't if they've taken care to select the best agent. Okay. And there's a chapter about that in the book. And then and you teach them in the book like how to. Question, questions to ask. Like what are some questions that a... That, that a consumer, just so the agents listening 
can be prepared for these questions. Yep. What are some good questions that a consumer could ask to make sure an agent knows what the hell they're talking about when it comes to selling a house to a veteran? Right. So specifically on the VA issue, how many veteran administration loans have you done, period, okay. or in the last year? How many mm. sides have you done? Are you mainly a listing agent or a buyer's agent? Are you the end-all, be-all? Are you on a team? Are you claiming your team's entire volume? How long have you been in the business? Um, how many- Just kind of cliche type of questions. Yeah, they're, they're pretty cliche, for- but most people don't ask them, Pat. You, you, yeah, know, yeah. you know the stats. You go, someone's willing to open a door for you. That's probably it. Or if you get a referral, I mean, your Damn. cousin's friend's wife might be a great person, mm. but they might also be two weeks out of real estate school. So, so mainly you want to find out, you know, like, have you dealt with vets before? And are you going to be in solidarity with a veteran in, in, in the aspects of making sure that they get what they deserve, right? Because it probably pisses you off more than anything, Phil. Like when you hear about people buying houses and, and that are clearly in the limits of a VA loan and not using it. Right. I mean, and in your mind, you probably think the agent gave him shitty advice. Like that shouldn't have happened. Right. Why wouldn't it, why would a buyer choose not to? Well, there's some valid reasons not to use a VA loan. One of which would be if the condition of the property, the property that you must have that you're commanding a discount, on that your spouse or kids love, it's in the right school district, what, for whatever reason you have to have the house um, to, to kind of double back to the appraisal or the inspection issue that you brought up earlier as to why some people think. Yeah, because that's another thing, right? With the inspections, they're, they're very tight. And so, you know, as a seller, you have to fix these things in order for the guy to get the, the guy or girl to get the VA loan. Correct. I mean, certainly the- another thing an agent can do to provide massive value is to understand. And, and it's just a function of experience, really, is here's, you know, the laundry list of things that the VA appraisal appraiser is looking for. If you're touring it and there's flooring that's torn up or appliances missing or, you know, the roof's beyond its useful life or the deck is the, the handrails missing something like something super obvious that as, as any kind of agent should, should sort of make the spidey sense go up. But it, if you understand working with the VA appraiser, you know that that's going to be a flagged item. And you know from your co-broke agent that the seller's not going to do anything, then that you're, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't go down the path of using a VA loan if it's something mm. that obvious. Or you well, I think as the markets soften, uh, you know, you're going to see more and more VA loans in a hot market. It's, you know, in a hot market, it could be a burden in, in the sense of you have to compete against another offer, right? They could look at one with the conventional one with VA and be like, they're going to bang me on repairs and appraisal. I'm not going to, I'm going to go with the conventional. Or more than that, you see that someone's putting 20% down versus zero. Mm. If it's, if it's a multiple offer situation, what's the difference between 20% and 23% for that conventional buyer? Probably not that big of a deal, right? But if we know that we're at the tip top of what it's going to appraise for and we accept the VA contract, maybe that gets kicked out. And then that VA appraisal stands for six months. So any other VA contract, we can only get that price as well. So I I get it in a hot market from a seller's perspective. And that's why the agent needs to be the guardian of their client. 
to mm. kind of usher them away from those sorts of situations. What I'm suggesting in the book is you probably wouldn't be engaging in such situations if you're really truly seeking to buy a property, right? We're looking for, we're looking for some level of distress. You know, the military is not an easy lifestyle. It's a lot of sacrifice for a service member, for families. It's, it's a lot, right? And when it comes to housing, I'm recommending that they take a path that is slightly more difficult than the easiest one. The easiest thing to do would just be to live on base. They give you a house. They don't pay you anything. You stay there until you leave, whatever. No risk, right? No risk. And then, no, you know, no I mean, there are risks, obviously, with, you know, buying a house. You're going to get transferred. Markets do go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. So living on, on base would be the easiest thing to do. The yes. easy button. Slightly harder than that would be to get your basic allowance for housing and to move out into town. Let's say you got a thousand bucks a month and you found a rental for 700. After utilities, maybe you get to pocket a hundred bucks. Slightly mm-hmm. harder, and then you get to keep a hundred bucks. Slightly harder than that is getting the $1,200 rental that your buddy's paying you 700 and now you're making two or 300. Slightly harder than that is actually buying the house, buying any house, right? Slightly harder than that is buying the right house. You know, to put. Is- and so, when you rented your houses out, you always rent them to other veterans, right? You just I, you just found it, it was like a built-in source of of people that will rent a bedroom for you from you. I did. So I rented all the folks from my command, or you know, friends of friends. And when I left the service, I actually rented it out to a couple of civilians, which was a nightmare. <laughs> um, but, but each one has their pros and cons. Mm. The pro to running to a service member is if they screw something up, you know where they live. Yeah. We show the photos and the lease to the folks at their command, the legal officer, and they're going to garnish their paycheck until you are made. Really? Home. That's pretty cool. But um, and is that, that, that's a given, right? Like that's, that's a, a like, that's, a, and that's for any landlord, you know, rockstar nation. Like if for any landlord, you could submit to the commanding officer and they'll do something about it. Absolutely. So I don't think if, anybody knows that. Certainly, okay, I didn't. Well, then, I wouldn't have maybe, thought that. You know, maybe, maybe uh, I would have said, "Oh, well, it's none of it. He don't care. What can he do, or she?" Oh, they, oh, they care. They care a lot. If you have a legally binding contract and you show that they failed to make payments or or that's good to know damage, they will garnish their wages. So wow. when you're leasing to a military, an active duty service member, you should be getting uh, their command admin, someone at their command admin. And then someone at their command legal, and they could be called a couple different things, but you would want to contact. That's great them. advice, right? Like, like, okay, well, here you sign here. What's your credit score? Mm-hmm. What do you do? How much money do you make? Oh, by the way, give me your command admin. Guys, should write that down. Or command legal and uh, phone number. And if you have any issues, you call the command admin or the command legal, which I'm using words I never heard of before. But you call those people, and they. They take care of it for you, so to speak. It'll be a bad day for that service member, which is why. No kidding. Other than, you know, being good people, for the most part, we're going to do the right thing. That's a pearl right there. I I had no clue. Yeah. There you go. So the, on the other side of that coin, if an active duty service member receives orders to deploy or to transfer station, you Mm -hmm. must break our lease with no recourse, like very quickly. The exact timeline, don't quote me on, I think it's 30 days. 
but that's the, the downside. So if you're in a military center and people are moving around a lot, you're, you could potentially be exposing yourself to more turn, turn costs. Even when people don't do something wrong, do something wrong if it's going to take you two to three weeks to re- release up, that's significant, especially in the event of a single family house. So it's, you know, it's a double-edged, double-edged sword there. Fascinating. Fascinating. Okay, cool. All right, good. Well, uh, before we sign off, like, is, is there any other specific things, pearls of wisdom you want to share with the agents on Veterans Day on how to better treat veterans and how to make sure that they keep, you know, a good financial backing and, and, and build wealth in their processes of buying houses and moving a location so much? Sure. So what you're going to find a lot is that military service members are more tenacious. They're harder workers. They're going to figure stuff out. If you can simply give them the tools, you could have a client for life, not only in sales as a property manager, but also referrals. Because Mm. once we know that we've got a good one in a tight knit community, like the ones that we exist in, we let everyone know. So if you treat one veteran really, really well, you should, you should plan to, to have about sevenfold coming in if you're doing your follow-up the way you should. So that's what's in it for you, agent. Huge um, referral network. Yep. What I'm asking of you is that, and, and I can say this because I've seen this, you know, I was in residential brokerage for five, six years. Hey, I've got someone coming in from California. They have to buy a house this weekend. Are you really being a fiduciary to your client when that is your motivation is to get that, to show them five houses and to get them one, no matter what the cost, especially knowing that they're most likely leaving in a few years, take the time to educate them. And if you know a veteran and you know, you think they might be on the fence for using the VA loan, send it to them, you know, talk about it, read it yourself, ask questions. And, uh, you know, don't, don't be afraid as an agent to take a slightly more difficult path. Just make sure that you know what you're looking at for the VA appraisal and inspections and all that good stuff. But it's, I mean, it's a great vehicle. And like I said, you, you treat one veteran, right? You're going to have a client for life in sales, property management, and probably referrals. And, you know, it's, it's the right thing to do. And, you know, I, I hate seeing when um, agents treat veterans transactionally, but I also don't blame them because I've, because I've been there. So, the purpose of the book is to educate as many of my brothers and sisters as possible. It's not going to help everyone, but it's, it's going to help some. And, um, you know, when they achieve financial freedom, um, either through the cash flow coming in from these properties or, you know, by cashing on the equity when they leave service, they have options. They can start their own business. They can travel the world. They can, you know, go teach high school or coach little league or work in their church and continue to serve. And that is the mission of this book. So, you know, I hope, hope you guys uh, give it a quick read and, and send it off to anyone that might be applicable to. Guys, this is awesome. It's just going to be hybendigital.com backslash Phil Capron. It's C-A-P-R-O-N. C-A-P-R-O-N. That's hybendigital.com. Phil Capron. Phil, I'm going to put also, by the way, I'm going to put all of Phil's contact information if you want to reach out to him and say, hey, thank you for your service. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for standing up for the vets in this country. Phil, I do thank you for your service, son. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to continue to do good for all the vets out there. And again, I wish you a happy Veterans Day. 
Thanks so much, Pat. Really appreciate the opportunity. And uh, again, just hoping some folks can get some value out of it and, uh, you know, move forward. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger, yes, the one finger that points at people, and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on a million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.